the book of Ruth in chapter number 2 this morning. And we'll begin reading in verse number 1. If you're there, say amen. amen. The Bible says in Ruth chapter 2, verse number 1, And Naomi had a kinsman of her husband's, a mighty man of wealth, of the family of Elimelech, and his name was Boaz. And Ruth, a Moabitess, said unto Naomi, Let me now go, notice this, to the field, and glean ears of corn after him, whose sight I shall find grace. And she said unto her, Go, my daughter. And she went and came and gleaned, here it is again, in the field after the reapers, and her hap was to lie on a part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the kindred of Elimelech. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said unto the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered him, The Lord bless thee. And then said Boaz unto his servant that was set over the reapers, Whose damsel is this? And the servant that was set over the reapers answered and said, It is the Moabitess damsel that came back with Naomi out of the country of Moab. She said, I pray you, let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and hath continued even from the morning unto now, that she tarried a little in the house. Then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearest thou not, my daughter, go not to glean in another field, neither go from hence, but abide here fast by my maidens. Let thine eyes be, again, here it is, on the field, that they do reap, and go thou after them. Have I not charged the young men that they shall not touch thee? And when thou art athirst, go into the vessels and drink of that which the young men have drawn. Then she fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground and said unto him, Why have I found grace in thine eyes that thou shouldest take knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger? And Boaz answered and said unto her, It hath fully been showed me all that thou hast done, unto thy mother-in-law since the death of thine husband, and how thou hast left thy father and thy mother in the land of thy nativity, and art come unto a people which thou knewest not heretofore. The Lord recompense thy work, and a full reward be given thee of the Lord of Israel, under whose wings thou art come to trust. Jump down to verse 15 with me this morning. And When she was risen up to glean, Boaz commanded his young men, saying, let her glean even among the sheaves and reproach her not, and let some fall also uh, some of the handfuls of purpose for her, and leave them that she may glean them and rebuke her not. So she gleaned, here it is again, in the field until even, and beat out that she had gleaned, and it was about an ephah of barley. If I could this morning, I want to start looking throughout the Word of God at this subject that we have just read about. And I want to preach this morning on this thought, and I really hope that you'll listen, as I believe it will be a help to you in your life and serving the Lord. And I want to preach to you this morning on this thought, steps you must take in order to find your field. Steps you must take in order to find your field. Please pray with me and for me this morning. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you, Father, for loving us. We thank you for being so good to us this morning. I pray now, God, Lord, that you'll speak. I pray, Lord, that you'll use me. God, not for my glory. Lord, not for a pat on the back or a handshake at the back door. 
But God, that you would show up, Lord, and preach to me and through me to help thine people, Lord. I can't help nobody that's sitting here this morning in myself and in my flesh. But God, I'm asking you to please come by, Lord, and speak to our hearts. God, use us for the glory and honor of God. We'll thank you for everything that you do here today. Give us power and unction, clarity of mind, Lord, and clarity of speech. God, please use me to help your people. I'll be the first to thank you in Jesus' name and for His lovely sake. And all the Lord's people said, Amen and Amen. You may be seated this morning. If I could this morning, by way of introduction, I do want to say that it is here in the book of Ruth where we find what I believe to be one of the greatest books and greatest stories in all of the Old Testament. I want you to understand this morning that the book of Ruth is a love story between a kinsman redeemer by the name of Boaz and a Moabitess woman by the name of Ruth. I don't have time to go back and tell everything and uh, reveal all of the story. But if you're a Bible reader this morning, you know that uh, the Bible says that Naomi, the mother-in-law of Ruth, had been led down to Moab by her husband Elimelech. In chapter number one, we find that famine, uh, my friend, famine comes to the land of Bethlehem, Judah, where Elimelech and Naomi live along with their two sons, Malon and Chilion. May I say after moving to Moab, the Bible says that this family continued there and eventually the father, the husband, Elimelech dies. Shortly thereafter, after the two sons, uh, the Bible said, find wives and they marry women of Moab. And it's not long, the Bible says, uh, according to Ruth chapter 1, verse 4 and 5, that 10 years passed by after Elimelech's death and the marriage of the two sons. And after 10 years go by, the two sons, Malon and Chilion, also die in this land called Moab. May I say, as if Naomi did not have a enough reason to pack up and move back to Bethlehem, Judah. Now she's lost her two sons and her husband in a strange land. May I say the Bible says that Naomi hears uh, uh, how that God has once again revisited with his people back home and uh, she's heard now that the famine is over and there's once again bread in the house of bread. Uh, Can I say it's then that uh, Naomi decides I'm going back to Bethlehem and the Bible says that both her daughter-in-laws decide uh, my friend that we're going to go back with you uh, uh, to a land that promises bread unto us. Uh, uh, You know what Naomi tells Orpah and Ruth she says listen here uh, I appreciate y'all's concern but uh, uh, you've been through enough. I mean uh, we've endured enough and uh, my friend if you would I suggest strongly uh, that you just turn around and go back home to your own mothers and enjoy your life with the rest of your family back yonder in Moab. But you know what we find in Ruth chapter 1 verse 14? The Bible says and they lifted up their voice and wept and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law but Ruth clave unto her. In other words, Ruth has made up her mind that she is in this thing for the long haul with her mother-in-law Naomi. 
As the story goes, Ruth ends up gleaning in a field. As we've just read, according to uh, chapter number 22 of chapter, verse 22 of chapter 1, the Bible lets us know it's the beginning of, uh, of the barley harvest in Bethlehem, Judah. And it's here in our text in chapter number 2 where we find that Ruth tells Naomi she's going out to glean uh, in the field of Boaz that she might find grace uh, in his sight. I want you to notice verses 1 through 3 this morning. The Bible said Naomi had a kinsman of her husband's uh, mighty man of wealth of the family of Elimelech and his name was Boaz and Ruth the Moabite said unto Naomi let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him in whose side I shall find grace and she said unto her go my daughter and she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers and her hap or chance was to lie on part of the field belonging to Boaz who was the kindred of Elimelech now, I need you to follow me this morning by way of introduction I want to remind you this is no ordinary thing field this morning. Uh, this field is the field of Boaz, a mighty man of wealth, a man of riches and full of resources. There are not any men around like Boaz. And it is here that we find that Naomi is poor. And Naomi is wretched and Ruth is poor. And Ruth is wretched. They have nothing. They've lost everything. Uh, they fled. Naomi's fled the house of bread uh, because of a famine only to get down to Moab uh, and Experience more loss than she ever did uh, back home in Bethlehem. Uh, can I say if there's ever been a type uh, and a picture of me and you uh, uh, finding a field of grace in our Bible, I believe that we can look at Ruth, uh, uh, the Moabitess woman who travels uh, uh, from a far country. She's not a citizen of that land. She's not the chosen of God's people. She's an outsider. She's an outcast. Uh, she's poor and useless. She's filled with hopelessness and disappointment. But here we are tonight or this morning looking at a lady who finds grace in the field of Boaz. May I say this morning, you and I were not the first thought in the mind of God. You may not like to hear that, but that's just the case. Salvation was to the Jew first. May I say this morning, I really believe God loves us. I really do. But can I tell you this morning that we're not His chosen people? Uh, can I tell you this morning that, that, that Ruth uh, uh, was not of the family of Boaz, uh, uh, my friend? But can I say it was this field? I need you to listen to this very intently. It was this field that changed everything uh, for both Ruth and Boaz. Uh, can I say it was by Ruth finding a field that she also finds a place at the table. Uh, it was Ruth, uh, uh, Ruth finding this field that she would be grafted into the family of God, making up even the very lineage uh, of the Lord Jesus. Did you know Ruth is in the genealogy of the Lord Jesus Christ? I'm talking about a Gentile woman. I'm talking about somebody that did not belong uh, in the family of God, let alone the lineage of the Son of God. Uh, but because there was a field of grace uh, in the life of Ruth, 
truth. That she finds the right field and the right field brings favor to her life. Can I say, my friend, finding the right field will bring you closer to the family. Finding the wrong field will push you away from the family. Finding the right field will bring favor on your life. But finding the wrong field will bring famine into your life. May I say, Ruth made a choice to follow Naomi back to the house of bread where she found grace in the eyes of Boaz. And just as Ruth had made a choice, I want to let you know this morning that you've got a choice which field that you'll glean in. Oh, we've got a choice this morning. And I say that Naomi did not hold her at gunpoint and say, you got to go back. you got to find a field. That's not at all what happened. Matter of fact, Naomi tried everywhere in the world to talk her out of going. Uh, but my friend, uh, Ruth chooses to continue on uh, towards the house of bread. Uh, can I say, my friend, the choices that you make uh, will either lead you to the field where God will bless you or they will lead you uh, to the field where God will bury you. Are you listening? The choices you make, you can pick a field of blessing or you can pick a field of burying. My friend, it's up to you. Can I say we find both fields in the book of Ruth? Elimelech and, and, and Malon and Chilion were buried in Moab because that was the field of their choosing. And I believe had Naomi, not, not the lights not come on, and she returned to Bethlehem, Judah, she'd have died and been buried in in the fields of Moab as well. Uh, but my friend, she was willing to turn and go back where she knew God was. Can I say Orpha was buried in Moab because she chose to stay there. Yeah. Ruth does not get buried in a field of Moab, but she is blessed in the field in Bethlehem, Judah. Right. Can I say this this morning? Ruth finds a field that brings her the greatest joy she's ever known. Listen to me. Ruth did not find her field by accident. Is everybody following me this morning? I know I'm laying a lot of groundwork, but I've got to lay it. Ruth did not stumble upon this field of blessing. Can I say you're not going to just stumble around and stump your toe into the will of God. There's some choices that we all must make if we are going to position ourselves into the field of blessing or the field of burying. I don't know about you, but I want to take specific steps to find that field that God can place me slap dab in the middle of His will. By the way, I just want to say this. I've done found that field. Now my determination is to stay faithful in this field. The Lord will help us for a few minutes. I want to look throughout the Word of God, mainly from chapter number 1, and preach on that thought, steps you must take in order to find your field. Let's go back to chapter number 1. Steps you must take in order to find your field. Look at, look at chapter number 1. Look at verse number 6. The Bible said, if you're there, say amen. Amen. The Bible said, Then she arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab how that the Lord had visited His people and given them bread. Wherefore, she went forth out of the place where she was and her two daughter-in-laws with her. And they went on the way to return unto the land of Judah. And Naomi said unto her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each to her mother's house. The Lord uh, deal kindly with you as ye have dealt uh, with 
the dead and with me. Uh, can I say this morning the first thing I want you to see uh, in order if you're going to find uh, the right field the first step you must take uh, in order to find the right field is this. In order to find the right field you must take the step of self Selflessness. Selflessness. What do you mean? Well, in verse number 6, 7, and 8, we find that Naomi has told these girls, these two daughter-in-laws, y'all been through enough. We've experienced enough loss. My friend, you, you, you must return. Go back. I'm going to go on home. My business here is done. Can I say we see selflessness in the life of Ruth? She takes a step, and she is selfless in her approach to Naomi and the journey back to Bethlehem. I want to say this. First of all, she was selfless in her concern. She was selfless in her concern. May I say she did not want to leave Naomi alone. She did not want to allow Naomi to travel back home alone. Remember that Ruth has also buried a husband. We we don't need to forget that Ruth's in a time of mourning and Ruth's in a time of tragedy and Ruth's in a time of sorrow. I mean, wouldn't you say, uh, my friend, uh, uh, that 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 uh, that she would have an excuse to uh, to lay on a grave tomb somewhere in the field of Moab and weep over her husband? I mean, would anybody look down on on Ruth uh, uh, for staying put and saying, "No, Naomi, I love you, uh, but I'm grieving too. I know you've got to do what you've got to do, but I need to stay here. I need to mourn my husband." But you know what Ruth does? Uh, she pushes herself aside. Uh, she is so Selfless in her concern. Uh, can I say this morning, if the only person you're ever concerned about is you and your loss and your problems and your struggles, you ain't ever going to find the field that God wants you to serve in. Listen to me, ministry, whichever way you want to look at it, is about being concerned uh, and putting others before yourself. Uh, whether it's cleaning or cooking or preaching or singing or running a van or whatever it is uh, you must be selfless in your concern uh, my friend Ruth did not put herself and did not concern herself uh, with herself more than she did her mother-in-law she's selfless this morning and I say if you're ever going to end up in the will of God for your life you're going to have to learn how to be selfless Selfish people do not serve in the will of God. And you say, well, I'm in the will of God. Well, are you in the will of God? I mean, that's, I think it's a fair question. Are you really? I mean, are you really in the right field this morning? I want to say that she is selfless in her concern, but then I, I want you to see that she is selfless in her consideration and her conversation. Look at verse number 8. Naomi said... Unto her two daughters-in-law, give me, push, push the volume up on this. And it said unto her two daughters-in-law, Go return each to her mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you as ye have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant you that you may find rest, each of you in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them and they lifted up their voice and wept. Now notice this. And they said, who's they? Both Orpah and Ruth, the two daughter-in-laws. And they said unto her, Surely we will return with thee unto 
unto thy people. Can I say that Ruth is selfless in her consideration and her conversation. It is here in these verses that Naomi is telling both daughter-in-laws to turn around and to go back home. But notice in verse number 8, Ruth is selfless in her consideration. In verse number 8, Naomi says, Go, return each to your mother's house. Can I say no doubt? Listen to me, friend. Ruth just buried a husband. No doubt this is a tempting offer. Would you dare to say amen? I mean, what girl, what woman don't love her mama? May I say, listen, most of the time what I've seen, when when girls are raised up and they get married and all those type of things, usually their best friend becomes their mother in, in, in most cases. And, and now Naomi's telling her, you've just buried a husband. I've just buried a son. Just return back. Go back to your mom. She'll comfort you and console you. I've got to go home to Bethlehem. But you stay put and you just let your mom love on you. Uh, but can I say it's Ruth uh, right here that Ruth uh, not only has buried her husband, uh, but now she's got an open invitation uh, to return home uh, to a woman that loves her more than life. But what does Ruth do? Uh, Ruth is selfless in her consideration. She could have considered her life and considered her own loss and made the choice to go back where she felt most loved. Uh, But may I say that was not the field that Ruth was supposed to find. Can I say that was the convenient decision. Y'all follow me? I hope I ain't losing you. That was the easiest, most convenient decision. And nobody would have looked down their nose at Ruth. She's buried a husband. She's still got a mama that loves her. Naomi's giving her an open invitation to go back. You don't owe me nothing. No strings attached. You just go back. You've experienced a lot of loss. You've been through some things just like I have. And there's a woman that loves you more than life itself. You just turn around go back to your mom. But Ruth is very selfless in her consideration. Can I say my friend not only is she selfless in her consideration, she's selfless in her conversation. Look at verse 10. They said unto her, Who is they? Both daughter-in-laws. They said unto her, Surely we will return with thee unto thy people. Now, we know the story. Does both daughter-in-laws return with Naomi? Only Ruth. What are you saying, preacher? Well, both daughter-in-laws have just opened their mouth and said that they would return with Naomi to Bethlehem, Judah, but only one of them keep their word, and that's Ruth. My friend, I believe Ruth knew she had permission to go back on her word or on her conversation. She had been granted permission to go against her word. But again, I believe Ruth is a selfless individual in that she did not want to say one thing and do another to benefit her from it. Listen to me. I'm preaching to the church. If you're ever going to find your field, you must take a step of selflessness and consider both your concern and your consideration and your conversation. People need to know that you are concerned about others and that you are willing to be selfless in both your consideration and your conversation. And I say this morning, Ruth is not only selfless in her consideration, conversation, her concern, but then thirdly, Ruth is selfless in her compensation. I'm going somewhere. This stuff God's given me, and it may not help you, but it's helping me. Look at verse number 11. Ruth is selfless in her compensation. 
The Bible said, Naomi said, Turn again, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Are there yet any more sons in my womb that they may be your husbands? Turn again, my daughters. Go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, if I should have a husband also denied and should also bear sons, would you tarry for them till they were grown? Would you stay for them from having husbands? Nay, my daughters, for it grieveth me much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord is gone out against me. Can I say it is here that Naomi makes it clear to both daughter-in-laws I have nothing left to offer you I give you the best I had I gave you both my sons Malon and Chilion and they're dead and I'm too old to have children but even if I had a husband and I got pregnant tonight would y'all stick around and wait on them boys to raise up so I can have something to pay you, something to give you, no I don't expect you to do that, I can't give you a thing in the world, may I say verse 13, Naomi even goes as far to say that the hand of the Lord has gone out against her. In other words, Naomi says, not only do I have nothing to offer you, I have no compensation for you, but what you will experience by traveling and going back with me will probably cost you something at some other type of loss. May I say, but there again, Ruth remained selfless in her compensation. She was not in it for what she could gain. She was not in it for what she could prosper. She was not in it for any other reason. She genuinely cared about Naomi and was willing to even take the risk of loss in order to remain loyal and show Naomi her love. You know what it's going to take for you to find the right field? If you're ever going to find the field that God wants you to serve in, you're going to have to reach the place where it's not about any kind of income, but it's about the outcome. I ain't just talking about physical dollars income. I mean, I mean any form of compensation. You ever, you ever, you ever been uh, trying to do something for God and then the whole time you're doing it and maybe days gone by after you've done it, you're wondering what you're going to get in return. Listen to me. Hey, I'm talking to somebody. You're not going to ever be successful in your field when you're in it for compensation. My friend, you've got to be selfless in your conversation. You've got to be a man or a woman of your word. You've got to be selfless, selfless in compensation. You don't give to get. Somebody holler amen. And by the way, if you continue to read the story, we know that Ruth gets more than she's ever had in her life. May I say that's not an accident. The reason God blesses her and she finds grace and favor in the eyes of Boaz is because she did not approach this journey to this field with the wrong motive. That's why God blessed her. People set out in ministry to benefit themselves. And can I say what you'll end up with is not a field. You'll end up in a fix. I don't want to be in a fix. I want to be in a field. Somebody say amen. She's selfless. She's not worried about the compensation. May I say serving God in the field that He has ordained for you will also cost you something. Naomi goes, goes as far to say, I can't compensate you. I have nothing left to offer. I've given you my best. And by the way, if you plan on going with me, I just want to remind you that the hand of the Lord is against me. Now think about this dedication that Ruth displays to be loyal and to love Naomi. Not only is she willing to go without compensation, but now she's willing to face a chance on experiencing even more loss. Listen to me. If you're going to do anything for God, you will lose some things. Hello? You will lose some things. 
Brother Bud Stiltner told me years ago, he said, Brother Josh, you'll never be able to preach on the cross of Calvary with authority until you've been on it. Here's what he meant. He said, until you have a Judas moment, you ain't going to be able to preach with the power and authority until you've been forsaken by men, until you've been neglected, until you've been crucified. And listen, you know what I found out? There's a whole lot of loss in the ministry, but there's a whole lot more gain than there ever was loss. And every loss brings gain. Some of you are sitting here and you're looking at your life thinking, my God, what? What's it paying me to be faithful? What what am I earning out of being going to church? And I mean, he, he's all the time preaching on tithing and missions and jubilee and give, give, give. And I can't pay my bills. Uh, where's my end of the deal? Where's my compensation? I'm trying to tell you that there's a barley field somewhere down the road that God's going to land you in. But if you're worried about your stinking self, you'll never make it to the field God has planned for you tonight. Telling you, you have got to be willing to live a selfless life. Or you'll never make it to your field. Talking about taking steps to find your field. Secondly, in order to find your field, you must take the step of surrender. We see that she's taken a step of selflessness, but now we also see that she has taken a step of surrender. Look in verse number 14 of chapter number 1. The Bible said, and they lifted up their voice and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, and Ruth clave unto her. And she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law has gone back unto her people and unto her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. And Ruth said, now she's about getting fed up with this. Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God. God, my God, where thou diest will I die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also if all, but death part thee and me. When she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left speaking unto her. You know what we find here? We find that Ruth not only takes a step of selflessness, but now Ruth has taken a step of surrender. Can I say the definition of surrender simply means uh, to yield, to give up, to resign listen now to resign in favor of another can I say it is here that Ruth takes yet another step that will eventually land her in the field uh, that God will use to forever change her life Uh, and now she has taken a a step uh, of total surrender in verse number 14 they both lifted up their voice and wept Orpha kissed her goodbye but the Bible said Ruth clave unto her may I say Ruth has surrendered by clinging to Naomi. Ruth gives up her life. Ruth Ruth resigns her life to live the life of another. Can I say that word cleave? It's simply a different word tense of the word cleave. And it means to stick. It means to adhere to. It means to hold on to. It means to unite closely in interest or affection. To adhere with strong attachment. Just like the Bible says that a man should leave his father and mother and cleave uh, to his wife Ruth uh, has stuck with Naomi in this journey on their way back to Bethlehem. She surrendered. You know what Ruth says? I'm sticking with you. Ruth gave up everything in order to stick with the only woman in her life that knew God. Did you hear that? Her mama loved her but her mama didn't love God. 
Hello. I'm talking about sometimes you're going to come to a crossroads and you're going to have to pick him or them. If you're going to find the field that God wants you to serve in, you better know you're going to have to pick him over them. Every single time. Hey, whatever happened to, to the attitude of bless God, I surrender, Lord. I'm not going to be a halfway Christian. I'm not going to be a Sunday morning only Christian. I'm not going to be a, a tithe every other week Christian. I'm not going to be reading my Bible once or twice a week Christian. I'm not going to be praying in a time of emergency Christian. I am fully surrendered. Lord, I'm sticking with you. I'm sticking with the blood. I'm sticking with the church. That's the kind of life that will land you in a field of grace. May I say taking the step of surrender is an absolute must if you're going to find your field to serve God in. Can I say it cannot be you live your life according to your will and then ask God to show you His. Are you listening? You can't do what you want and then ask God right in the middle of all that. All right, no, Lord, what do you want me to do? He wants you to forget you. Step number one. Amen. Surrender. I'm talking about surrender. You know the old hymn song that growing up, you heard it about every other week in the invitation. All to Jesus I surrender. All to Him I freely give. I will ever love and trust Him. In His presence daily live. I surrender all. I surrender all, all to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. You know what the Bible says that Ruth done? She began to sing a song unto the Lord. All to Jesus. I surrender all to Him I freely give. I will ever love and trust Him in His presence daily live. I surrender all. Oh, I surrender all. All to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. I wonder how many of us here this morning have taken the step of total surrender. That's good. Man. You know what I believe? If we all totally surrendered, yeah. I'm not talking about you, you, your feet, you're in, you're in the water ankle deep. I'm talking about you getting the water over your head yes. deep. I'm talking about taking your hands off the stern. I'm talking about quit fighting the sails like Paul said when you're a Clyde hit and they let her drive. You know what Paul realized? This is completely out of my hands. I can't do a thing in the world. The Lord said that none of us would lose our, lose our lives. We're going to lose the ship. Hey, there are going to be times where your ship will go down. But thank God you won't lose your life. God will never leave you or forsake you. He's worth surrendering to. Total surrender is what will allow you to find your field. I say there is a field to be found for you and just for you. 
But you will not lead yourself there. You know, there's never been a man on planet earth that led himself into the will of God. You won't do it. Matter of fact, most of the time the will of God is the very thing that a man don't want to do. His heart says, you ain't going to be able to pay the bills this way. His family says, we ain't going to be able to survive this way. His, his enemies and his friends and his foes, they all in agreement said it don't make no sense from the outside looking in. But God is not looking for you to make sense of his, of his will and his field. God is looking for total, complete, ultimate surrender to his will for your life. I say those who are never willing to follow will never find a field. How did, how did Ruth find this field? She not only surrendered to God and His will, but she surrendered her life to Naomi. Again, the only woman in her life that knew God. Can I say that God puts people in your life to help you find your field? You know why God's give you a pastor? To preach messages like this and tell you it's time to surrender. Because, it, hey, listen, you, if you're not willing to follow the Naomi's in your life, you'll never find your Boaz. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about Naomi's returning to the place that she never should have left to begin with. Uh, uh, but my friend, uh, can I say it always works that way? Naomi ends up back in Bethlehem because she never should have left to start with. Some of you will go out searching for your own field. You know where you're going to end up? Right back home. Right. Yeah. Hate to break it. Hope, hope to God I'm wrong. But a good chance there's somebody sitting in here tonight or this morning. You're going to do what you want to do. Yeah. Some point or another. You're going to go out. Famine's going to hit the church. The number's going to be down. Your family's going to be going through storms. All my messages are going to take you off. The choir's going to mess up. The other key and then ain't nothing going to be right. You're going to get fed up. Your flesh is going to rage. You're going to say, my God, it's a famine. It's still water. I'm out of here. And you're going to find yourself down in Moab somewhere. And it may not be but a week or two. It may not be a month or two. It may be a decade like it was in the life of Naomi. But you better know. And you're going to have to eat crow And come back home Where you never should have left I'm trying to tell you Don't leave in the first place Just stay put in the field That God has given you to serve Him You get out You go down to the fields of Moab You can mark her down You're going to end up burying your family there I've said this to even some of y'all in here. I had get to the back door and I say, Hey, before y'all go, I just want to tell you something. You're taking a chance on losing your babies. People excuse me of saying things like that just to try to scare them into staying. I'm not trying to scare nobody. If you don't want to stay, I can't make you stay. I don't need a big reason to stay nobody. Right. But I know what's out there. Amen. The churches all over the place. I don't care. You can join the greatest church in America, but if I ain't your field, you're in my way. Are you listening? I'm telling you this morning, it's important to be in the place God wants you to be. Amen. 
our people will abide in a place like this and try everywhere in the world to get it back. Yeah. What do you want out there? Do you think that somebody else is going to take your picture and put member of the month on the back wall? They're not going to do that. Okay. I just don't ever get no picture at our church. You ain't at the next one either. Yeah, right, right. Come on. If the thing's ran the right way, it ain't about to be a new Well, I just don't get to preach much. Right. God didn't give you this pulpit to preach. That's mine. Amen. 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 Yes, sir. Amen. I know preachers, they got five or ten or fifteen preachers in the church, and so they use that as an excuse to be lazy and not study. And I have to preach, and they let all them preach every week but one or two services. I'm not doing that, man. God's given me an obligation to preach and to feed his I'm not against giving y'all opportunities, but I'm not taking the highway, the easy way out, and just letting everybody do my job for me. Amen. Why in the world? Would you leave something like this, a house of bread, for Moab? Yeah. You do realize that Naomi made it out, but her husband didn't. Is it really worth the chance on your spouse never recovering? Come on now. You do know that Naomi made it out, but Malon Chilion didn't. Right. Is it worth you taking a chance on your children dying out there in Moab? And that's exactly right. And guess who led the whole clan there? Elimelech. God help us. You know who's typically the first one to call the to call the shots and say we're out of here? In my experience, maybe not maybe not in other churches. In my experience, it's always been the men that said I've had enough. Sir, are you willing to stand before God? And tell him why that you moved your family to Moab. No, sir. <laughs> you, are you willing to do take that chance? No, sir. May I say that Naomi makes her way back and when she does, Ruth totally surrenders. So much that Ruth goes as far to say, Brother Carlos, that the only thing going to separate me and you, mother-in-law, yeah. is death. Yeah. May I say that kind of surrender is hard to find in these days. We're living in a day everybody wants a platform. Right. We're living in a day everybody wants a pulpit or everybody yes. wants a promotion or everybody right. wants an easy path. But can I say that God is not looking to put anybody in any field until they totally surrender and say, Entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. For whether thou goest, I'll go. Where thou lodgest, I'll lodge. Thy people shall be my people. Thy God shall be my God. Where thou diest, will I die. And there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me. And more also if all but death part thee and me. You know what you say when you make a vow to your husband or your wife on the altar? You make a vow until death do us part. We're his bride. And I say, if God expects that vow to be kept between a man and a woman in their physical relationship here, what more do you think he expects from you and him? Yeah. He wants total surrender. Brother Shelby, none of this half-hearted stuff. We can't be half-hearted, Brother Jeff. Listen to me. Well, I'm, you know, I'm close to being in. Listen, 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 listen. With God, there is no gray area. Listen to me. I'm not, I'm not here to, I'm not here to beat you down. I'm trying to help you. You are either all the way in. I don't know how else to tell you. 
or you're all the way out. God don't look and say, well, they're, they're, you know, they're pretty good. They're close. God looks for total surrender. I've been told things like this. Well, I'm close to being where I need to be. You are either where you need to be or you are not. Is everybody okay? I'm talking about steps you're going to have to take to find your field. Thirdly, lastly, and I'm done. In order to find your field, you must take the step of silence. You must take the step of silence. Look with me in verse 19. <clears throat> the Bible said, and her mother-in-law said unto her, Where hast thou... <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> I'm in the wrong one. Verse 19, chapter 1. So they went until they came to Bethlehem, and it came to pass when they were come to Bethlehem, that all the city was moved about them, and they said, Is this Naomi? And she said unto them, Call me not Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, and the Lord hath brought me home again empty. Why then call ye me Naomi, seeing the Lord hath testified against me, and the Almighty hath afflicted me. So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law with her, which returned out of the country of Moab, and they came to Bethlehem, in the beginning of barley harvest. Can I say this third and final step of chapter number one that leads Ruth to finding her field is a step of silence. Can I say it is here that Naomi and Ruth have both made it back to Bethlehem where they are met by a whole crowd of people. Remember now, this is Naomi's hometown. This is where she's from. And they all know Naomi. Uh, Her family, her friends, and uh, her old co-workers, they're all there. Uh, Naomi's been gone now for over a decade uh, because they were going through a famine. And now, uh, when they get back, they start asking, "Is is that you, Naomi? What she replied, don't you call me, Naomi. Call me, Why'd she say that? She said in verse number, verse number uh, twenty, "Call me Mara, for the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me." You know what she says? Don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara because God's bitter with me. And I say God wasn't bitter with Naomi. Naomi was bitter with God. Yeah, right. Isn't that funny how we turn that around? Yeah. Naomi says God's very bitter with me, but in reality, I think Naomi's kind of bitter with God. And this whole conversation's going back and forth. And she says, here's my name changed. But in all reality, my friend, listen, the whole time this is going on, Ruth is present. According to the Bible. We see that. Verse number 22, Naomi returned Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law, with her. There's a big drama fest right here. Is everybody following me? Yes, sir. There's a big... There's a big circle of people surrounding Naomi and Ruth and the conversation is all about how bitter God is with me and what we've lost and I buried Elimelech Malon Chilion and I mean I have nothing I heard that bread was back here and God I hope God will just be kind to me I mean I've been going through it and so on and so forth and the whole time there's a Moabitess woman there that does not even belong there don't you think she didn't get looks and eyebrows and that probably even questions but according to our Bible she keeps her mouth closed she don't say nothing 
something. She don't do nothing. She remains silent. May I say silence is the step that will land you in your field. Why, preacher? Because Ruth knew that meddling in other men's matters would not help her in any way. So she remains quiet. May I say the reason some people never find their field up to glean in. They never walk in the field of grace is because they're too worried about keeping up and talking about everybody else's field. My friend, there's a reason Paul told that church at Thessalonica in chapter number 4 of 1 Thessalonians, chapter number 4, verse 11. He said, study to be quiet. Do your own business and work with your own hands as we commanded you. May I say you can't find your field and you sure can't work your field when your hands is in everybody else's field. Ruth, by Ruth taking this step of silence, she keeps herself from being involved in everybody else's business. May I say the issue with those who always insert themselves into everything and everybody else's business is this. You want to know why people are busybodies? I'm going to tell you. Because this is their motive. To be seen, heard, noticed, and paid attention to. They're attention junkies. If your hands is always meddling in somebody else's field, you are an attention craving junkie. And many attention seekers who have no idea how to be silent think that their attention is going to gain them a field, but in all reality it does the opposite. God say in chapter number two, we're not going to read it, but Boaz has no idea. Y'all remember, we read it. When Ruth shows up in his field, he don't know who she is. Can I say by her keeping silent, there was no bad rumors to be spread. That's good, right? Can you imagine had she got down there and got in the big drama pool? Yeah, my name's Ruth. I married a husband too. And I mean, man, I, I'm just looking for God, y'all. I'm just trying to find God. I mean, I'm leaving my old... Hey, y'all, y'all been in church with people like that. I ain't my husband. I'm leaving my old side. I'm, I'm looking for God. I'm, I'm hungry after God. I'm thinking, I mean, straight ghetto. You know what she'd have done? She'd have formed a name for herself. Of, who is that? Well, I don't have one. Yep. Right. You know the first thing that would happen? At dinner that night, word would pass through uh, pass through Bethlehem. It got the blow eyes and it said, You never believe who showed back up after 10 years ago. That's who. Hang on. She had some loud mouth woman with her. I think her name was Ruth or Ruth or something like that. Oh my goodness, she just carried on and on and on about how terrible blow eyes was and how. She just can't wait to get a new start. How oh, she's just looking for a field to bring in. And, and, and I mean, I, it's just it's on and on. Just obnoxious. You know what would happen the next day when Boaz is watching over his field and here comes that woman? You know what he would have done to the gent without even knowing her? He said, hey, I don't know who that woman is. Tell her to get out. She got the place here. Because he, he, he wasn't about drama. He didn't get rich and have resources because he put up with a bunch of stupidity and ignorance. Right. And I say that God has fields lined up for you, but you can ruin them. Yeah. Yes, sir. You can form a name and a reputation for yourself, and those fields you'll never get blamed on because you don't know how to be silent. That hurts. That sticks deep. But you're going to ruin yourself 
You're going to extract yourself from a field if you don't learn how to tame this thing. Can I say that Boaz didn't even notice her? Why? Because she didn't show up with the gift of gab. All the people hadn't told him what she had to say. She simply showed up. You know what she started doing, Brother Jeff? She started gleaning. Now, if you look up that word glean, and I'm almost done, you'll find this. It means to gather after the reapers or to collect from small detached, uh, detached parcels to clear of what is left. In other words, it's to just be the picker-upper of the leftovers. Can I say Ruth grabbed the attention of the kinsman redeemer, the man with riches and resources because of this? Listen to me and I'm almost done. How did Ruth grab the attention of Boaz? Number one, she wasn't loud, she was low. Hello? You want to get God's attention? You ain't going to do it by being loud. You're going to do it by being low. Her mouth didn't speak. Her demeanor did. There's a whole lot of people that puts themselves in the field here. But God's in the back saying, not going to happen. You don't know why? You talk too much. Hello, don't die on me. I'm trying to help you. I'm not mad at you. I'm trying to help you. Be silent. Why did Boaz notice her? She wasn't loud. She was low. Secondly, she didn't want the spotlight. She was content with scraps. Can I say if you're chasing fame and fortune, spotlight and attention, you ain't never getting the field. Amen. You ain't never. Hello, fellers, preachers. God ain't going to put you on the road if that's all you talk about is wanting to be put on the road. God ain't going to give you meetings if you take the four or five you got and blow them up. You ain't going to get no more. Hello? Come on, somebody. You got five meetings and all of a sudden you're the world's greatest evangelist. Come on, somebody. Hey, God don't want you blowing it up and going on and on and on about how, how good you got, how many opportunities, and he'll shut them down. You make it about you. How you know? Been done that. I was getting called every week. Be long line after I got called to preach. I was going somewhere. But sometimes just a Sunday morning, sometimes a three or four day revival, sometimes a camp meeting, only one opportunity. But if God was opening up doors, you know what I thought? I like this. I'm, I'm so young, stupid, and broke that I had me some prayer cards made up. But here's how I had it made up, Brother Carlos. I'm embarrassed to tell you this. I didn't go to a prayer shop and have a friend. I designed it on an app, saved it as a picture, and went to the photo lab, and our photo lab at Walmart, and they were, they were pictures. They weren't even actual cards, they were pictures with what I had put on there, and they looked like a third grader designed them. But I'd stick them in my pocket, son. Oh, yes. And I had a few more meetings I lined up, and they'd be two, three preachers. I said, And every preacher that does this is a lying fool. I'm going to give you this, and I ain't asking you to have me, just, just pray for them. Oh, what he's saying is, please call me. Yeah. Exactly right. Amen. Don't give me that stuff, fellas. You're telling right. Here's my card, brother. Just put that on the fridge and pray for me. I've heard all the lines and I've said them. You know what, you're, you, know what you do? You have to do you walk yes, away. God, I hope he calls me. Yes, sir. You know what God did for me? He's okay, son. 
So he endured your five minutes of fame. You're done. All of a sudden, my phone quit ringing. All of a sudden, the man that I was supposed to be at, and I thought I was going to be a big time preacher, suddenly had to cancel. God set me down and shut me up. You know what he taught me to do? Hush. Hush. When I say God wants to do certain things with each other, he has a field for all of us. But you can let your tongue mess up God's will for you. Let's try to be a Christian. Can I say there's things God wants you to do in this church that I don't even know about and you don't know about? And it's going to be years down the road. If you're not careful, you're going to let this thing go ahead. You're going to miss your field. Yes, sir. Talk about taking a step to be silent. I'm going to say one or two things right here and we're done. She knew she was a nothing and a nobody. Ruth knew she did not deserve to glean even the leftovers of the field. But she knew if she would let her life speak in humility and not her lips speak in haste, that Boaz would find grace for her in his eyes. Can I say this? You know what Ruth knew? Brother Jim, you know what Ruth knew? She knew it don't really matter if I get everybody in Bethlehem Judah's attention. There's only one man that can help me. And she set out to get the attention of one man, not with her lips, but by the way she lived her life. None of them other people could grant her handfuls on purpose. None of them other people could bring her in and find her a seat at the table. Nobody there could do for Ruth what needed done except Boaz, the kinsman redeemer. Can I say, if you're not careful, you'll spend your life trying to get the attention, the approval of everybody around you and ain't none of them can do nothing for you. There's only one that can exalt you. There's only one that can give you a place to preach. Come on. There's only one, and I don't care how many cards you hand out. I don't care how many meetings you preach, and I don't care how much it's live streamed and Facebook or put on sermon audio. If if a man of God is really doing right, he's not calling you until God tells him to call you. That's right. Amen. That's exactly right. I don't want to be there unless God tells him to call me. Sure. I've been there before and thought God didn't want me here because it just was a day from the start. I'm preaching somewhere. I want it to be because that's where God wants me. Yes, sir. You can, fellas. There's some preachers out there that ain't got enough discernment. And they don't really walk with God the way that they think. That's you right. can force yourself indoors. You can. But you know what you're going to find when you come out of there? Yes, sir. You'll stay out of that field. Yes, yes, sir. It's good. But if you'll sit back and say, I'm not worried about catching old brother so and so's attention. Right. I'm not, I'm not worried. Church family, I'm not worried about. Pleasing our pastor. Right. I'm not worried about getting his approval or his patterns back. And I say, if you just be low and serve and be silent and surrender and be selfless, my God, there's a field full of grace for you. You may, you may not see it right now. You may not think it's a possibility, but there's a field full of grace for each and every one of us here this morning. I close with this, Brother Chris, come. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, the Bible says, Let your conversation be about covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. In closing, I want to say this. To some, my field don't seem all that impressive. Brother Dax. This is my field.
This is my field. And to some it don't seem all that impressive. To some my field really don't even seem of any importance. But my friend, I'm more content right now. I'm honored, I'm humbled that God would let me find a field anywhere to serve Him. I should have been buried in Moab. But here I am in the house of bread. My God's never left me nor forsaken me. You know what I want to do, Brother Dax? I want to die right here being content. What if you never get above 100? If that's the field God has for me, I'm content. What if we get to 500? I don't see that happening. But if we do, I'm content with the field God has for me. What if we see 30 saved this year? Bless the Lord. What if we don't see any? It's going to go on. Bless the Lord. I can't save them. You can't say only God. Just serve in your field. And be content that God's give you something to do. Let's stand.